Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Busy show today. We have Kyler Green from the Fort McMurray International Airport to discuss the extreme cold and how that impacts operations at the airport. Rosie Keating from the Center of Hope also joins the show a little later on to discuss the recent cold snap and how that impacts operations at the center. Wrapping up the show, Jen Quigley from the Fort McMurray School Division is on to discuss exam weeks as well as busing during these cold temperatures. Joining me on the phone today is Kyler Green, the Vice President of Operations for the Fort McMurray International Airport. Uh, Kyler, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Staying warm. That's a good thing. That's, uh, you know, uh, what uh, we uh, like to hear. I did want to ask about that cold weather, though, and how that impacts things at the airport uh, on a staffing level. Uh, on a particular staffing level for us, it doesn't change our, our staffing uh, complement. Um, we just have to deploy our people in a little bit different uh, methodology so that they're staying warm and safe. So our extra staff brought in, and uh, how long does staff have to stay outside uh, during these cold snaps? Uh, we don't bring any extra staff in, um, and we try and schedule our work so that the outdoor portions are minimized when we know that cold weather is coming. Um, we take precautions ahead of time so that we've got uh, as much outdoor maintenance as done as possible before the cold snap hits. And then when the cold snap does come into play, um, we rotate people inside and outside depending on uh, the task that needs to be done. But we try to minimize it as much as possible. Maybe talk about some of those uh, outdoor activities that uh, your outdoor staff would work on uh, during these cold conditions. Uh, equipment maintenance that would, uh, needed to be done that uh, doesn't fit into a warm shop. We don't have a few pieces like that. Uh, if there's uh, maintenance items that need to be done on the lighting for the runway system, of course, that needs to be done outside. Um, but again, we rotate people through so that they can perform a short period of work and then get a chance to warm up and then go back to the workplace. Um, like I said, but most of the time, if it can be delayed, we will delay it until the temperature warms up to around uh, at least minus 30. Below that, uh, it gets really hard to work, particularly with uh, even gloved hands. Does that also include uh, luggage loading into planes or is that uh, completely separate? Uh, the luggage loading into the planes is done by a separate contractor that uh, is employed by the individual airlines. Um, that unfortunately still has to occur when there's uh, cold weather and same with the de-icing functions and uh, those people who get uh, extra gear to make sure that they stay warm. And during this cold weather, it's good to know that uh, if you are parked at uh, the airport, uh, you're at least prepared uh, if you're gone for a while and you're leaving your car. Yes, uh, Fort McMurray uh, is the benefit that we have uh, over 2,400 parking stalls, all of them powered. So you can plug in and uh, know that your car has a will be warm and toasty, or at least uh, able to start when the cold weather comes. Um, and if it uh, if your battery is weak, uh, we even have uh, boost packs that you can borrow just to help you get on your way. 
Uh, flight delays as well. Uh, you know, as annoying as they are, it's important to note that it's not entirely on the airport uh, when those flights are either delayed or cancelled. Uh, the airlines run their own schedules, um, and there's a whole lot of factors that go into whether a flight is delayed or um, gets cancelled, and that can uh, be weather can be weather from other airports that uh, impacts how their schedules operate. So. We, uh, we provide the service for them to be able to land and take off safely and the building for them to transfer their passengers, but uh, that's up to them to uh, manage their own uh, schedule on their own. Maybe talk about some of those flight options from Fort McMurray. I see a lot of flights uh, to Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, maybe some of those, those other flight options as well. Uh, we have direct uh, daily service to uh, Edmonton and Calgary, uh, and at least three times a week you can get directly to Toronto. Uh, if you're feeling particularly adventurous, you can get to uh, Fort Chippewan in northern Alberta. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, that uh, regional service as well. Uh, it's got to be a, a good thing to offer, uh, you know, to get up to uh, Fort Chippewan and, uh, you know, maybe some other locales as well. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting that Fort Chippewan is the oldest uh, town in, in, uh, in Alberta, longest inhabited place. Um, and, uh, you know, they have a unique uh, tourism package. Um, and in, during the summer, this, the only way to get there is by air. Uh, you can get there by the winter road in the wintertime. But a short flight uh, is better than a long drive over the ice roads, unless you want to be an ice road trucker. Heading on to uh, south, if uh, north isn't your quite uh, thing, uh, there's a lot of options through Edmonton and Calgary as well. Absolutely. If you're looking for something warm, you can get to the Caribbean and Mexico uh, direct from Calgary and Edmonton uh, pretty much any day of the week, multiple times a day. What are some of the possible destinations Fort McMurray uh, might be working to add? Uh, we know that we're going to be bringing back Montreal in the summer with uh, Air Canada. Um, and we're constantly uh, working with uh, our airline partners to look at sun destinations, you know, either in the southern U.S. or in Mexico, um, Cabo San Lucas, Las Vegas, uh, Mazatlan are all very popular destinations. Uh, do you have an update on the Aurora Landing Project? It was announced in September. Uh, How is that coming along? Uh, progression on that, uh, lots of positive response from the market. Um, our Vice President of Commercial Services is going to uh, a retail and developer show in Whistler in January. Um, to talk directly with people who are in the business of uh, providing uh, retail developments. So we're looking forward to that and seeing what uh, positive response we have for that land development. Kyler Green for the Vice President of Operations at the Fort McMurray International Airport. Anything else you'd like to add today? Uh, just uh, be careful out there, and uh, if your car won't start, we're here to help you. Awesome. Again, thank you so much uh, for your time today. Thank you. That was Kyler Green from the Fort McMurray Airport Authority. We'll be back with Rosie Keating from the Center of Hope next on Fort McMurray Matters. Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Rosie Keating from the Center of Hope joins us next on the show. Rosie, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I wanted to ask about the uh, situation over at the Center of Hope, uh, particularly with these cold weather conditions. Uh, obviously, you know, finding our way out of it, uh, you know, starting possibly tomorrow. But I guess what's the situation at the Center of Hope currently? Uh, well, we are a uh, daytime drop-in center, so we're open during the day uh, seven days a week. 
And um, our numbers have actually um, increased significantly over the last couple of weeks with the colder weather. Uh, we have uh, decided not to close during lunch just so that people can stay in and keep warm. And uh, we're out on the street every day making sure that people who don't access shelter or the daytime drop-in, that they're getting all their uh, essential needs met and making sure they have warm clothing and that type of thing. Does demand typically increase for your services during stretches of cold weather? Absolutely. Um, we we uh, typically always see a rise in the wintertime in our numbers anyway. Uh, when it gets cold like this, uh, we, we do see a significant increase. So we typically see around 60 to 65 people uh, per day on an average day. And um, over the last couple of weeks, we're seeing over 80, 85 people per day. When people need to use your services at the Center of Hope uh, this time of year, uh, what's the biggest ask? Uh, the biggest ask right now is always warm clothing, warm jackets, warm boots, uh, hats, gloves, that type of thing. So are those some of the types of things uh, that uh, you know people would be able to donate? And uh, if so, uh, how can they do so? That is definitely uh, something people could donate. We've actually put out a shout out on our Facebook page last week and we had an enormous response from the community. So that was absolutely wonderful. Uh, however, we are always in need. Um, as, as quick as we're getting the donations, we are giving them out. Uh, so you can donate to us anytime, uh, Monday, Monday to Sunday, uh, anytime from 8 to 4 p.m. And uh, 10095 Marshall Street is our location. I also wanted to ask about uh, Street Reach, the uh, outreach program the Center of Hope runs. Uh, does that outreach uh, get more difficult during these uh, conditions? Um, it definitely gets a little more challenging. Um, we're, we've had some issues with our van just trying to keep it started and keep it heated. Um, however, um, just finding the people, because they're, they're, they're really... Um, trying to stay warm and in places that they typically don't hang out in. So that's one of our challenges is finding them and making sure they get the services they need. Also wanted to ask about, uh, you know, potentially food. You know, I, I saw that somewhere that, uh, you know, you guys offer, you know, warm drinks and, uh, you know, oftentimes some, uh, some food as well. Is that uh, something that, uh, you know, could be donated as well? Absolutely. Uh, we go through a lot of coffee, a lot of hot chocolate and a lot of uh, bottled water as well as we, uh, we accept any prepackaged snacks, so uh, noodles, oatmeal, granola bars, anything like that. And anything that we get, we, do, we pass it right on to our patrons. Also wanted to ask about the uh, Housing First program. Uh, what could you tell me about it? Uh, so the Center of Hope is part of the Community Plan on Homelessness, and there's four agencies working, uh, working with uh, the Community Plan on Homelessness. And we, uh, all four of us have a Housing First program. For the Center of Hope, we have um, approximately 50 individuals on our housing program. And uh, each of those individuals are housed in their own unit throughout the private market, in private markets throughout the community. And um, they have case management associated with them. And um, it's more of a... Um, a step to independence for individuals that have experienced homelessness for quite a while. And uh, just seeing this on your website now, the eviction prevention program, uh, I guess, uh, how is that, uh, you know, I guess, what can you uh, tell me about uh, that program as, as well? So our eviction prevention program is a community program. So anyone in the community who's facing eviction 
can actually reach out to us and uh, we can uh, advocate on their behalf, uh, maybe provide some financial support as well as case management and and help um, overturn their eviction or look for uh, new lodgings if the eviction cannot be overturned, as well as pay some rent arrears. So it's a very good program. It's very busy right now. We find that it gets busier in the winter time. But um, if there's anybody in the community that's facing eviction for any reason, they can definitely reach out to us and we can see if we can support them. Does Center of Hope have any upcoming events uh, that you want to talk to us about? Uh, we have on March the 9th, we have our Fire on Ice event, which is an overnight survival event. Uh, it's been going on for several years now. Um, we don't have a lot of details on where it's going to be this year, but typically uh, a group of people get together, raise money, and uh, build um, a shelter in the outside and uh, sleep outside for 24 hours or stay outside for 24 hours. Uh, just to bring awareness and raise some money for us. Alrighty, perfect. Uh, how else can uh, people help the Center of Hope? Um, donations, donations, donations. Uh, warm, warm clothing. We're looking for anything that to keep you warm. Uh, hats, scarves, boots are our biggest concern right now, um, and warm jackets as well as well as uh, ski pants and long underwear. That would be our biggest ask right now. Just to, just to keep people warm. Rosie Keating, the Executive Director for Center of Hope. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, I think we covered it all. Awesome. Well, again, thank you again so much uh, for your time here today, uh, and uh, best of luck uh, in uh, helping those in need. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. Coming up, Jen Quigley from the Fort McMurray Public School Division, next on Fort McMurray Matters. We're back with more on Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Jen Quigley, the Director of Teaching and Learning for the Fort McMurray Public School Division, joins us next. Jen Quigley, the Director of Teaching and Learning with Fort McMurray Public Schools. Jen, how are we doing today? I'm wonderful, and, and thanks for having me. It's a bit chilly out there. Yeah, hopefully uh, it just warms up a little bit here, and then we're off and running. Um, exam week on the way, uh, Jen. Uh, what, when do uh, things get underway for exams? So we are in exam week now, actually, and it's a little bit more than a week. And, and this is exams for school-based exams as well as provincial exams. So we have provincial exams in grade 12. And... Students are in the throes of studying and taking tests and going to tutorials and all of those other pieces that exist when you are in exam week. So we're in it. Maybe just remind us, uh, because for some of us, it's it's been a while. Uh, again, you mentioned uh, who has to rate the exams, but one imp- what impact uh, these exams have on students' grades? So it depends on the grade that you are in and within the public system, we have defined what percentage a final exam consists of into your final grade and it begins at uh, grade 7 and goes all the way up to grade 12. Keeping in mind, I use the word final assessment rather than final exam. Certainly grade 12s in provincial core courses have a final exam, but say a student in grade 9 may have some sort of final project or or 
something else that isn't that traditional pen and paper, but that is their final assessment. I must ask, uh, what was your favorite exam and uh, why? Oh, my favorite exam was probably my English 30 exam. I ended up doing a degree in literature, and I was always one of those students that loved to read. And so studying consisted of going back over and rereading books that I thought might be on the exam or rereading some of the Shakespeare plays that we'd studied. And so for me, getting to sit around and read was a joy to study. I got to be honest with you, Jen, that was probably my least favorite final (laughs) that I wrote (laughs) back home in Saskatchewan. Uh, You know, the A30s and B30s uh, in English for me kind of were tough, but uh, strange world that we live in, uh, I end up talking for a living. So that's just, uh, you know, a weird way to go about it. Uh, I guess, what was your least favorite exam and why? Oh, physics 30 killed me. That was not a hard, that was not a hard response. Um, I, I was strong in math, and so chemistry was also a strength area. Physics, though, it, it felt like it was really the, the basics of mathematical operations, and the rest of physics was just a mind bend. And I will acknowledge that I did not do particularly well on that final exam. See, even uh, the Director of Teaching and Learning, Jen Quigley, for Fort McMurray Public Schools has uh, final exams that she struggles with, right? You know, that just goes to show that, uh, you know, it, it, it's not uh, mandatory to be perfect at, uh, at every course, but uh, just try your best, right? Oh, goodness gracious. I think perfection is, is actually a terrible word, to be quite honest. I, I really can't think of, certainly as adults, um, where we have areas in our life where we would say that we're perfect at something. Uh, I think that we are always in a place of, of growth. And, and I agree. I think students, students try their, their flat-out level best and give it their all for what they have in that moment. And I think it's also really important to recognize that Depending on the exam, depending on, you know, AM or PM, how many exams or assessments have you already had, I think kids have varying levels of energy going into any final assessment, and it is their very best in that moment. Do you have any unique or fun memories of exam weeks from when you were in school? Do you know what I always loved? And and here in Fort McMurray Public, we still do it. It was the feeling in the schools during exam week. So what I'm talking about is this. Do you remember in, you know, any typical day, you would walk into your, walk into your school and there was kids in the hallway and it was lively and there was noise and laughing and, and kids and, and bodies and all of these things. That's what, that's what a high school feels like, right? Yeah, that's uh, what I remember. And then during exam week, though, you walk in and you'll see kids, but everybody's really quiet. And usually there's some sort of like chart paper or sandwich board up front that says, you know, exams are in session, something like that. And, you know, you'll have teachers standing at their classroom doorways, greeting you with a smile and a nod, but in silence. 
And I always remembered thinking, oh, like this is, this makes me feel like a grown up. This makes me feel like I'm maybe at university. And I always loved that feeling. The school turns off the bells. There's no bells through the day, so it's not disruptive. Um, and it just felt like maybe we weren't at my everyday high school. And I really liked that grown up feeling. After exam weeks are wrapped up, uh, what's next for Fort McMurray Public Schools? We move into second semester. It's a, it is a seamless move right on through. Second semester starts, uh, which for most kids is new courses. And it's that opportunity for fresh start, new learning, often new teachers. And it's a really beautiful time of reset. Switching gears a little bit, I did want to ask about uh, buses as well. Uh, Again, rather cold in Fort McMurray uh, this time of year, so I wanted to ask about the, you know, some of the parameters when it comes to when buses are canceled uh, versus when they're delayed. Okay, great wonder. So we partner with Sparksman, and what happens is Sparksman will know early in the morning Uh, what their bus situation is. So if for some reason a bus has broken down or they, they are struggling with not enough drivers, whatever that might be. And we have our, we have a, a staff team here in the public board. Sparksman has a team and our teams work collectively to figure out the best way to get kids to school. Canceling a bus or saying to families that there will be no bus at all is the absolute last resort solution. Before that, uh, Sparksman works really hard to to try and have other existing buses go and pick up kids or do parts of, say, the missing route so that we can get kids to school. That sometimes means a delay, but it's not a cancellation. When we are having a change to the regular schedule, so a, a bus might be delayed or unfortunately cancelled, uh, that information is on the radio. It's also on the FMPSD website. And then what we also do is we alert the schools for whom those buses uh, are, are, are delivering students to. And those schools, A, put that information on their websites, but also send out that information to parents via school messenger. So we do our very best to let everybody know uh, in in kind of real time and in that timely manner that buses are perhaps delayed or cancelled. And what we have, which is, I think, really neat, is we have an app. And bus parents have access to this parent portal app, and it actually allows parents to see and track where their child's bus is. That's uh, fairly unique to Fort McMurray uh, School Division, I imagine. Um, it is. Yeah, uh, so I guess what options do people have in that rare instance that their bus does get cancelled? So if their bus is cancelled, and now we're going to dire situation here. Their bus is cancelled, and let's say, I don't know, half the fleet is cancelled, and we aren't able to pick up students, then students would be looking at public transportation or, or, or an adult driving them to school. Typically, though, if their bus is cancelled, Sparksman works to uh, to pick those students up on a separate bus or on a different bus. So could there be, you know, multiple 
pickups being done by the same driver, for example, just, you know, kind of to get all the kids at school, you know, at, you know, maybe they're late the second half or, you know, second, third or whatever, but, uh, you know, at least they're there. That's exactly what happens. That is, that is the best solution because we are getting kids to school. It's also important to note that, you know, as we have designed the routes to the greatest extent possible, our pickup spots are also at existing bus shelters. So that means that, uh, you know, the kids do get a little bit of shelter uh, while they're waiting for the bus. Mm-hmm. Yep. To the greatest degree possible. That's where we also put our pickups. It makes sense, doesn't it? It, it, uh, it does for sure. Uh, Jen, quickly, anything else you'd like to add on buses? I don't think so. I think that, um, to be quite honest, that the busing organization and the, the constant rejigging uh, really is the job of masterminds. Uh, couldn't set it better myself. Uh, Jen, quickly, thank you again so much for the time today. You're welcome. Thanks so much, Ryan. Cheers. That was our show today. A big thank you to Jen Quigley from the Fort McMurray Public School Division, Rosie Keating from the Center of Hope, and Kyler Green from the Fort McMurray International Airport for joining us on today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, there's a special performance on the way at Keanu Theatre this Friday. We talked with some of the cast, the director, and Eugene Carnegie from the Keanu Theatre uh, to discuss always the Patsy Cline musical coming to Fort McMurray on Friday. Thank you for listening to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Ryan McNally, and have yourself a great day.